paddled out, I sat out there and I was like, something caught the corner of my eye and I looked left and I just saw this fin, like, <gasps> and obviously, yeah, probably about, I don't know, about four meters, four meters in front of me. And then they literally, the fin went down and I could just see the water ripple as if it was moving towards me. It just, it just wakes me up a lot faster. It just sparks everything into action. Like your body wakes up, your mind wakes up, feel a lot sharper, I feel ready to go. You'll find you just, you just have more willpower and discipline. I'd recommend it to anyone. Welcome to the Osprey Podcast. Today, we're joined by endurance athlete, two-time Everest summiter, TV star, and 10 years special forces officer, Jay Morton. Don't forget, as per usual, if you follow Osprey Europe on Instagram, you'll be able to take part in the live Q&A that Jay will be doing with us on Thursday, the 28th of May. I'm your host, Marcus Brown. This is the Osprey Podcast. And without any further ado, let's get into it. Jay, how's it going, man? All good. Yourself, Marcus? Yeah, not bad. You've been pretty goddamn busy, I've noticed. Uh, you've just launched your new website, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, um, obviously, again, probably something that I've not, I've never done in my life before, other than probably with Through Dark, except that's through, you know, a second party. So, yeah, learning all these new skills of, of, how you launch a website and what you, what content nice. you put on there and yeah. but now nah, every day is a school day awesome um and you're working on a book am i right in saying yes that? I've heard a rumor. yes how's that going yeah good again um yeah there was a trade release i think last week um the book's going to be called soldier um cool. and so i'm not doing a autobiography so the book is i basically want to want to write a book that's got so, so stories so anecdotes of, of what i've done in my life but also like the lessons that i've learned and <clears throat> kind of like the philosophies and like what's guided me to do to do the things in my life uh so it's almost you know part handbook or manual and and part you know semi-autobiography but um you know there's a big part of my life that you can't speak about in books obviously yeah, sure. the special forces side of it, you know, and there's a, a wealth of knowledge there. So to try and get that over in a book, um, but without obviously breaking the official secrets act. Uh, so trying to do that in a, in, in a, in a way where people get a feel of, of what I did in that 10 years, but also they get the, the positive aspects and the, the mm. things that I've learned in that 10 years. How are you finding the, um, the newfound fame? uh that you're because you're sort of suddenly in the limelight now aren't you um yeah having, having just started on on SAS Udo's wins that must have been a pretty massive decision for you yeah it was you know um it's not an easy decision to make uh you know a going on tv and exposing yourself to the whole world and b coming from you know a very secret um organization that doesn't doesn't necessarily share things on media or puts the you know people don't necessarily put themselves out on on media or tv and we're very yeah, humble it's character. funny I, I, like in preparing for this i was trying to obviously find out anything i could about you 
and uh, we've been like binge watching SAS over the last few weeks anyway. So we were joking that you you seem to still be quite the grey man. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I've been trying to find out anything I can, and there's just nothing. <laughs> That's, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> just, just drip feed the information every now and then. Yeah, um, nice. Uh, now, do, do you know what? Like, um, obviously, the show came out in January. For me, that was a, a massive change in my life. Obviously, people now recognise me. Mm. Um, not not so you know, not so much now. COVID's on because no one's outside, but um, it's, it's all good. You know, it's all positive. The show's a positive show. It puts out a positive message. You know, the rest of the DS are really good role models for, for younger generations and, and just any generation, really. And I think that's that was one of the deciding factors of going on the show was, you know, it's not, you know, not, you know, not, not you, you can do what you want, but it's not like going on Love Island or, you know, a yeah. show that's it's not really educational or, you know, the, the message, you know, might be the wrong message that it's putting out. You know, it's actually telling people that, you know, you know, go through difficult times, put yourself through stress, get shouted at, and you'll you'll be a better person at the end of it. And it's, you know, you look at the other DS and, and they're putting out a really positive message in, in media and books and all that kind of mm. stuff. So, yeah, like the decision to go on the show is quite an unnatural decision. But, um, you know, when you weigh up the positives and the negatives, there's more positives. Um, yeah, sure. But, yeah, like, you, you know, for, for me, nothing's really changed. I can still go about my my day as normal. I mean, you know, you've known me for a bit now, Marcus. It's you know, like nothing nothing's changed. It's just all still yeah, the yeah. same. Uh, so you're not like getting screamed at in the street just yet. No, though. not yet. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a bit weird having people come up to me in like Sainsbury's and just saying like, "Oh, you're JFSAS, aren't you?" But nice. Um, again, no one's trying to. I don't know. You know it's, it's, it's <laughs> I, all I love that image. You're just there, like, yeah, I'm just doing my shopping do you mind <laughs> just buying some strawberries <laughs> yeah exactly but no it's it's all positive you know I, I enjoy people coming up and saying hello like you know they want to come up and say hello they're curious it's 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 nice isn't it it's positive yeah yeah sure um, I, ge- I guess it's part of part of why it's so it's such a big decision is just that like once that door's open you don't close it again really do you it's like once you're known that's it you're known now yeah completely yeah um yeah, it is. It's definitely that. Um, you, you are literally like, you know, you full, can't. Full like, especially, <laughs> yeah, especially with like, you know, everything on online and, and, and the internet and stuff. Like you're always going to be there. There's always going to be like information of you out there and, and mm. stuff like that, which again, it's like if it's all positive and it's all good and you're doing it to you know have a positive impact on other people's lives, then you, you can't really go wrong. Sure. So tell us a little bit about Through Dark. Yeah. So, um, so Through Dark is uh, a, an outdoor uh, clothing brand um, set up by two ex SBS lads. And, and then myself, I got involved in it just a little bit later. Um, and I guess, you know, it, it was born out of being exposed, you know, in the special forces world, you're exposed to a hell of a lot of kit, you know, all the top brands, all the top pieces of equipment and, you become super critical, um, you know, one, because you're not buying the clothing, you're not buying the, whatever it is you're getting given. So you get a very, you get a different view on everything and you're, you're able to say, yeah, that works. That doesn't work. Um, you know, and you know, it was kind of just looking at all that kit and just saying, you know, we think we can do better at this. 
Yeah. And that's essentially where it was born from. It was just, we, we thought, or we still, we still do now. It's like, we can do better than, than the stuff that's out there on the market. Um, you know, and it was, you know, three ex ex special forces guys, then go into making clothing, which, um, you know, you could, you know, you could spin it anyway, but I think in the special forces world, you, you get a lot of skills and a lot of knowledge and experience that, um, you know, that you don't realize that you get and you can apply that in, in anything. So it carries over well, right? Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't matter, you know, whether you're going into business, whether you're going into, I don't know, carpentry or whatever the skill is, you've got all these skill sets that you've learned over the last, you know, 10, 15 years in the military, mm. you're then able to apply them into, into different things. And, you know, just having the ability to be able to learn stuff, you know, really quickly and adapt and, and make decisions and, and all that, all those key skills that you learn, uh, just transfer into business. So yeah, it was completely new, but again, it was, you know, you, you get caught up in just, you know, building a business and, um, you don't really notice exactly how far you've come. And, you know, for us with through dark, it was all about producing products that, that last, you know, our, our, our um, sustainability statement is, you know, we want you to buy one jacket that's going to last you 10 years, not 10 jackets that last you one year kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we, you know, to try and find the best factory, we, you know, we, we tried in China um, and, and, you know, we we're getting samples back that had, you know, the sleeves were too short. It was too baggy. There was stuff sewn on in, in, in the wrong positions. And China's a big, you know, it's, it's a it's a massive you know you're you're a big what, what's the saying before i get this wrong you're a big you're a small fish in a big pond i mean yeah. they said a big fish in a small pond <laughs> but, um, you know which one i mean but like china's massive and to try and get stuff produced over there at the highest quality is really difficult so you know sure. the next next best place for us was italy and uh, we managed to get our foot in the door at a factory uh, that produced high quality outerwear for for a lot of, of well-known brands um and for us, so that we can hand on heart say that's the best factory that we can find that produces the best quality kit equipment, um, you know, that that's important to us. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, it's through Doc's been going now, I think, you know, a year and a half. Um, you know, we're in year two at the minute. And, yeah, it, it's flying for us and it's, it's doing really well. And it's just about pushing the next evolution of clothing and doing mm. better you know, producing better clothing than what we did and just keep improving, keep improving. And then for me, my, my role as the, you know, expedition leader in through dark is to take all that, all those garments, take it out into those, you know, arenas and areas that are going to test it to its extremes and feed that back to the, you know, to the production guys back here. And, um, you know, like all that information goes into the next evolution of clothing and then to be able to create the, create the content, uh, off the back of that, um, yeah, that's that's important to us as well, so that we can hand on heart say, yeah, we make the best garments in the world, but we also test them in the most extreme places in the world as well. The one of the things that really stands out to me about you guys is just like how well suited you are as a team, which obviously makes sense considering your history. But I think it's it from the outside looking in, I think it looks like such a valuable thing to have such like-minded people. Um, like it, it just seems like a recipe for, for success for whatever you're trying to do. You know, having, having a team that are like-minded and that have the same set goal um, 
and the same sort of sort of attitude um, to 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 achieving those goals. Like I say, that that's just the recipe for success, isn't it? Yeah, it's in, you know we we all come from a special forces world, and it was important back in those in that in that special forces world to be the best at what you do, whether it's whether it's shooting, whether it's you know mm. whatever your skill set was, you were you were the best in the world at it, and you you can't just let those standards drop. You've got to be able to carry those standards into whatever you do, you know, even if it's just carrying those standards into your day to day life. Um, but obviously, we you know we chose to carry those standards over into through dark and. You know, it's you know it was important for me when I left to be able to work with people I wanted to work with, and you know the other two guys I'll mention the names Staz and Louis. You know, we're all like special forces guys, we're all mates, like we've all got the same vision. Um, you know, and it's you form like a brotherhood whilst you're in the in the special forces that you you don't really get anywhere else in the world. Uh, you could probably akin it to like you know Premier League football teams or you know world class uh, you know rugby teams and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so we all share the same vision. Uh, we're all very like-minded people. And another asset that goes into through dark is, you know, we all hold a, you know, a big skill set in, in various fields, you know, for myself in the mountain background, um, the other two lads coming from the SBS, they hold, you know, they're very experienced in the water, uh, divers, uh, and then mobility. So you know, motorbikes, um, four-wheel drive cars, quads, all that kind of stuff. So to then carry that experience into the garments, you know, and we've all got like a, a lot of knowledge in, the, in in those respective areas. And then to say, right, well, we want that to be put into our garments as well. That's that's another important thing. That's wicked. Where where do you see the brand going? Where do you where do you want to be? Uh, best outdoor clothing brand in the world. Nice. That's, That's what it. I thought you'd say. Simple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is, there's, there's, there's no, there's no plan B. There's no stopping. You know, there's no plan, yeah. plan C. It's just that. Yeah. Love it. Full stop. What, what would you say out, out of the last two years of, of working, you know, building this from the ground up, what would you say, um, would be some of the, one of the biggest mistakes, not that you necessarily made yourself, but that you can make uh when um, starting up a business yeah you know, i think one of the, the most important things to do is is just I don't, you know just stay true to yourself and just stay true to you know that business plan and that mission statement that you've got and mm. for us it was to build it was to make you know high quality outerwear that we could hand on heart say that this is the best thing that we could ever build and you know i think as long as you stay true to that um and as long as you you're honest you know i think honesty is a big thing we're you know, we we always say shoot straight arrows and expect to get them back. It's you know we do the same. You know we do that with with our customers. You know if you if you email in to our support, um, you know we do that with our returns policy. Um, you know, and, and just for example, um, I think it was last Christmas we released released a jumper. I'm trying to think of the, basically out of fault, and as soon as we sent oh that was it. So the stitching we 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 stitched. Um, I can't, it's going back. It's going back a year and a half now. But we'd stitched uh, some like abrasive fabric onto the elbow pads, and it's really hard to stitch because the fabric's so strong. Um, right. And it, as, soon, as soon as we sent, I think we sold two hundred in the space of like two hours. And uh, as soon as like they landed the next day, customers were, were emailing in saying that it was coming away. 
from um, the stitching was coming away and it was where the factory had stitched them. They'd not done like a, a cross stitch. They'd just done like a basic stitch. And uh, yeah, at the time, you know, fin- financially, you know, we were at a setback. But again, it was all about being honest. And we just said, look, and we just emailed everyone back saying, you can send the jumper back if you want. Um, but what we'll do is we'll, we're going to we're going to get this rectified, and when the new jumpers land, we're just going to send everyone out who bought a jumper a new jumper. Awesome. And whether you whether you choose to keep that other other jumper or not, it's up to you. You can send it back if you want. Um, so yeah, I guess just being being honest and just you know making the best like clothes in the being, world, being willing to admit when you've when you've messed up. Yeah, hundred percent. And like you know, as as well as trying to make the best clothing in the world, you're also trying to be the best business. And the mm. two come hand in hand, don't they? And that comes with the best customer service and the best, you know, way of like refining everything that you do in the business. It's all it, it all comes hand in hand. So let's um, let's talk about this endurance challenge that you're working on. Obviously, we're all in lockdown at yeah. the moment, but we are allowed to exercise, and you've been doing a lot of it. What's yeah. what? What is it? What are you What are you building up to? Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, I had a load of plans this year to to do a load of climbing. I'd planned with Nims to do K2 and Broad Peak, uh, and obviously all that got cancelled. So, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, we were, I was always going to do it, but now it's kind of took precedent and it's it started growing arms and legs. So the the, the challenge basically is to uh, cycle the length of the UK, so uh, from Cornwall in in Lands End all the way to John O'Groats in, in in the top of Scotland. Um, concurrently, whilst doing that, so we'll swim the length of each of the largest lakes in the UK. So obviously uh, Lake Baller in Wales, Windermere in England and Loch Orr in Scotland. Um, concurrently run to, the, run to the top of each of the highest three peaks. Um, so Penny Fan, uh, Scarfell and uh, Ben Nevis. So we want to run it concurrently like a triathlon. So you'll set off from, um, from Land's End, cycle to... Uh, uh, lake Bala, swim the length and then from leaving the lake you 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 then on the run you start the run up to penny fan back down back on the bike do, do you know what i mean so there's yeah, no yeah. um so to get give so we're giving ourselves 14 days as a cutoff just so that we're not bimbling and it's you know it's, okay, it's a serious yeah. it's a serious effort um so the average cycle day looks around 160 miles um and then <clears throat> swimming wise so lake Ballas a four um four mile swim and then i believe it's about trying to th- think of the top of my head i think from lake Ballas up to sorry snowden's the highest in wales isn't it not i was far. gonna say that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so so from lake Ballas to the top of snowden i think is around it's about a marathon um so we've got about a marathon's worth of running uh windermere's roughly 10 miles so that's we're going to do that in one day 10 mile swim and then the run's not that not it's pretty short up to the top of uh scarfell from there uh, mm. but then the scott the, you know the scottish one's the big one uh so lock oars oh, yeah. uh two 10 mile swims so we do a 10 mile swim uh one day and then a 10 mile swim the next day uh, and i believe lock oars only been swam like a number of times um, so that's like one of the biggest challenges. But then wow. when we leave the, when we leave the water in Loch Orr, I think we've got a, like a fifty mile run to get to the start of the Ben Nevis run. So that's going to be like so two back to back ten mile swims, oh. fifty mile fifty mile run, and then yeah. we've got like a twelve mile run up to the top of Ben Nevis and back down, and then um, 
And then I think I think the last day is like a 180-mile bike ride. So we, we, we almost want to like set the standard of doing it because I mean yeah. you could do you could do you could do that in a month, you know, yeah, sure. bim, bimble it and be fine. But we want to kind of give ourselves that like 14 day window and say, you know, we want to do it in that 14 days to kind of prove a point or to just, you know, set the standards. And then, um, you know, concurrently to that, you know, you know, obviously it wouldn't be an event without a meaning or a purpose. And for us, we want to, we want to do it and uh, for, you know, for mental health. Um, And we're teaming up with a charity to do that. And I guess what we're trying to say is, I know for me, I've, I've had a, you know, my mental health's always been okay. And I always akin that, I always put that down to having like a strong relationship with physical exercise. Um, And for me, that's been, you know, if I'm feeling down or if I'm, you know, having bad days, if I go out and churn some hours on the bike or go for a run or do a workout, that always puts me back in, you know, a positive mind state. And I guess what we're trying to say by doing this event is just, you know, that we're suffering on this event, but essentially we're going to be stronger, better people for it and just try and preach that message, um, you know, especially to people that sit in that younger category, you know, that are sat Mm. staring at social media and maybe absorbing the wrong kind of information. So we're looking at teaming up with a, a charity for that. And then just trying to make as much uh, noise that we can uh, through obviously media channels and PR and whatever we can do to try and get try and get that message out to people that you know put yourself through suffering whatever it is and you'll be a better person at the end of it. Amazing, love it. So what what are your, some of your training methods at the moment? What's your routine? Uh, just just long, slow, and boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's killing me, man. It's killing me. I've always been like I've always been like. Um, like I love the gym. I love going in a gym, throwing kettlebells and weights around, mm-hmm. um, doing a lot of interval stuff so that I keep like a, a good cardio base. Um, I get I get into stuff, so I get into running and get out of it. Get into biking and get out of it. Yeah, it's just what I feel like doing at the time. I'm the same. Um, yeah, like, I go through phases. <laughs> same, same. So yeah, obviously gyms are shut now, which is probably a good thing for the training. So at the minute, just. To tr- just to train for this event, um, just doing long, slow stuff that's not that taxing. So, um, you know, just like the, the goal is that I finish a workout and I still feel quite fresh. So just doing like a slow nice. pace run yeah, yeah. for like 26 k- kilometers. So I'll do short ones during the week and then try and do a big one at the weekend. Um, and yeah, just trying to do like tw- around 20 kilometers at the minute. But when I feel when I finish, I feel I feel good to go. Um, nice. So and you're just building same, up like that base level. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not stressing my body. I'm not mm. injuring it. Um, like I've no niggles. I'm I'm healthy. I'm good. Um, and I'm not I'm not stressing my heart or taxing my my uh, central nervous system too much. So I'm I'm not overtraining. So I can pretty much pound every day, and just gradually build that um, that endurance up. And at the same time, at the same time you know, all those tendons and ligaments and knees and ankles and all that stuff that, you know, I'm going to need for those 14 days. I'm strengthening those, uh, but doing it in like the subtlest of ways. Awesome. That's just like a gradual, very patient approach. Yeah. But I'm just Love finding it. it like, especially the bike stuff, like getting up to a hundred K now. And, um, I feel fine. Like, honestly, I could like, I did a double day the other week and did, um, 
I think it was a, a 16 kilometre run and then in the morning and then did a 66k bike in the evening. I genuinely just felt, came off that 66k bike and I, I felt fine. Like I could have honestly gone on for more. But like the hardest thing that I'm finding at the minute is just boredom. Like I going gonna, out. I was going to ask this. <laughs> just I, go, like going out on the bike for like three and a half hours. Like I've like I went out last night and I, I, I was aiming to do 70k. I was actually aiming to do 80k, but I brought it down to 70. And I was out and I was just I was riding. I stopped for like a chocolate bar. I was like, I can't. I was so bored. <laughs> I had to cycle back in. Mate, I get bored doing a 10k run. Like, I know, <laughs> that I takes know. less than an hour. <laughs> I know. I don't mind the run though, because the run, I feel like your body's in a in a better place. You know, because you get you get more of like a, I get more of like an endorphin release from a run. I think because you're under more stress. Yeah, bike, I, I don't I'm find not, that the bike. It never like burns you out like a run does. Mm. It never comes close. Like even no. if, even if you're going up a horrendous hill, I, it's just it's just leg pushing. Like I never really yeah. feel it like throughout my lungs, you know. Uh, like I tried because I, I came back um, early yesterday. I just sprinted for like the last ten miles and just tried to like put some effort into it. But yeah, it's very paced, isn't it? And I find for me, I, I, you know, I think I could probably go on the bar. You know, the swimming. I need to do some more like uh, technique on the swimming. Just so that I'm a more efficient swimmer because mm-hmm. you know I've never I've never swam in a professional context so I don't sure. know how to I don't know how to save energy or uh, make myself as streamlined as possible so I need I need to do that for the swimming but even the swimming I did it did an hour and a half constant the other week felt fine came out of the water you know could have gone again could have gone again um, and then just fueling loads so just eating as much food as possible and uh, not worrying about calories just trying to get it down uh, so I've got the energy to do all that kind of stuff and, and can recover well. Um, so yeah, it's just the boredom thing for me. It's just phew, I don't, how I don't do you know. find the? Um, I'm open. I'm open to offers of how people get over it. <laughs> uh, waterproof headphones, man. That's the only way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how have you found the like the open water swimming? Because I I've 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 meddled with it in the past, not a lot, but a little bit. Mm. And I used to swim in a pool a fair bit. Um, which I don't know whether I find that. I think that's probably more boring. I'd I'd regularly like I'd say so. lose count of lengths. Um, but the problem I have is that I get in at Bournemouth Beach, and I just completely lose my direction. Like I don't know where I'm swimming. Um, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. I mean, to it, be able it to, uh, probably would be easier if I got a hat and then my hair wouldn't flop in front of my eyes. But you know, still, I I, I really struggle just keeping my line yeah, and I, no, I just constantly get guided into the into the beach <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm the same with that and i've still not I, I have no answer for you marcus yeah like you know i think it probably comes down to getting some coaching and just having someone yeah, look at yeah. how you swim i'm exactly the same i see i seem to veer off to the left ever so slightly um yeah. so I end, I end up just swimming in the shallows um I think, you know, for me, I think it's, I feel like the more swimming I do, um, the more I can go in a straight line because I've, I notice myself going off now. Um, okay. So I, I kind of, I can feel myself doing it. So I ever, ever so slightly just adjust. And I guess the longer you do it, the more you, yeah, the more sure. you'll so you, you get to the point where you don't need to look, I guess you can just, yeah, like every, every now and then. It. But I find it, you know, because, you know, I, I do like the old, 
three like three strokes uh, whilst your head's underwater and then look one way three look the other way so yeah I've, I've always been able to look at the the, the coastline and gauge how oh, far that's away a good point I am. Yeah, yeah i only look right yeah see i've always swam like that i've always done four strokes look out to the right yeah but i've just taught myself how to do this just because i find three is probably a, a good uh good amount of time for the oxygen you know for the for stroke wise yeah, yeah. um for breathing uh so that allows me to be able to see the see the beach um every like six strokes that makes sense i'll, t- yeah. I'll try that next time yeah but i do prefer like going back to your question i do prefer i do prefer the open water swimming way more than yeah. pool swimming pool swimming's horrendous like the, the worst but, thing about pool swimming is the heat I yeah. d- you sweat like a and pig the chlorine. I don't like the well, chlorine. Yeah, no. I d- well, I mean, I quite like the smell. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you're also pretty into cold exposure, yeah. I have noticed. Um, do you do that for mainly the mental gains or is it physical gains as well? I Because I don't know how cold you have to go before it helps with recovery. Yeah, so the, I, I think... I, I am no scientist again, but um, so like, but the science behind it is uh, you release something called cold shock proteins, and it's again, don't quote me on this. So, <laughs> <Pinch salt. laughs> I'm, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not a scientist, but apparently you release something called cold cold shock proteins, um, and they're caused via the stress response that your body goes through through exposure to cold temperatures. Um, it also does the same for heat. So when you go into a sauna. Your body releases heat shock proteins from the stress caused from being in heat, um, and like there's loads of like positive health benefits that you get from that. Um, but the you know that I try and do it every morning, um, and I've got a bin outside that's just full full of water. It's better in the winter just because the, the water's a lot colder. Um, but the biggest thing that I've found from it is, you know, if I can get up first thing in the morning and jump in a cold. Uh, jumping cold water you know it's very unnatural isn't it mm. and i find like it just it just wakes me up a lot faster and it's almost like taking it's almost like having that coffee coffee in the morning it just it just sparks everything into action like your body wakes up your mind wakes up feel a lot sharper i feel ready to go um and i'll i'll usually do probably about three to five minutes in the bin in the morning um before i get you know before i do anything else that's like the first thing that i do but i think there's like a a, you know a lot of dis- like a, a good discipline thing that you can take away from it that if i'm you know the first thing that i can do when i wake up and you know you're nice and warm in your, in your duvet and the last thing you want to do is get up if i can get up like stick my shorts on go downstairs and jump in some cold water it's like it's for me it's like a mind over matter kind of thing mm-hmm. it, it teaches me a lot about discipline and i have noticed that the days that i don't bin that i don't do the cold exposure stuff I have like a, I'm just less productive. I just do less. Really? Uh, like my mood's not as good. Yeah. I wow. find the days that, I, that I've been, especially the morning, if I've got a busy morning um, or I know that I'm going to be doing like a long workout, if I get up and bin and do like a solid, you know, the longer I can stay in it, like even when I start shivering, like the more willpower or the more discipline that I've got during the day. And obviously wow. that's then got, that's then got like a compounded effect, hasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, if you keep binning for three, three months, then, you'll find you just you just have more willpower and discipline but yeah like it you know it's it's just one of those very unnatural things and i'd honestly you know there's a there's a lot of people doing it out there now and i think it's i think for me 
I like to watch. I like to observe, you know, people who who excel in their games, you know, for whatever sport they do. Mm. Um, and I like to see what they're doing. And, and when they're doing a lot of this stuff, like there's a lot of athletes out there that are using cold therapy. Um, and there's a lot of universities that are researching it now and studying it. And I think if they're doing it, you know, there's probably a lot to be said about it. Uh, but I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone. Just just commit to it. It's super uncomfortable, but then that's the whole point of it. It's not, you know, yeah. if it was comfortable and we were all doing it and it was easy, you're not going to get any benefit from it. It's the fact yeah, that sure. it's uncomfortable and 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 I love that. I love, I love the like referring to it as unnatural as well. Um, like I think there's so much benefit in just leaning into the unnatural and like yeah, and go. This is not what my body wants, <laughs> but it's what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do because it's not yeah. what my not what my body wants. Yeah, I love it. And then that and then that will reflect in everything that you do in life. You know, mm. you know, there's there's probably a lot of decisions that you make that you don't do because it's uncomfortable, but if you can get in a bin in the morning, then you'll probably, you're more likely to make those decisions. And you won't shiver when you're taking part in the, uh, SAS you wins. <laughs> <laughs> trials. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did notice that like, my flatmate and I were like, he's just solid the whole way yeah. through. <laughs> you, you did yourself that was proud. The, that, that was because the cameras are on me. Every oh, time okay. Around, I was just like, switch it off. Yeah. <laughs> Did that like did that relate uh, at all to the Everest training much? Like, did you do any cold exposure stuff specifically for that? And like, does that carry over a lot for things like climbing? Yeah. you know, eight thousand meter peaks. Yeah, but what I would say is like for for the for the eight thousand meter climbing is yeah, it's it's cold, it's, you know. But I think the whole point of 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 climbing an eight thousand meter peak, you've got to be able to manage that. <clears throat> you've got to be able to manage that that cold mm. um and you do that through you know layering through the right clothing through movement yeah. through hot drinks so like you know it's more important to not be cold on an eight thousand meter mountain than be cold and having done the be training able to handle it yeah sure yeah um so you know i'm never generally that cold it's, it's freezing cold in the like first thing is in the morning but you've got to generate that body heat to be able to warm up um but yeah you i mean you know probably one of the coldest places I've been is Japan. And I was there skiing uh, this year and that was like minus, minus 20, minus 30 uh, with like these horrendous snowstorms coming in. And uh, you do notice like after the cold exposure, you're a lot, you don't feel the cold as much like when it first mm. comes in. Um, obviously you're not going to be complacent with that, but yeah, it, you know, it acclimatizes you to be able to work in cold environments. Definitely. What is the, biggest component then when it does come to training for for major peaks is it just climbing smaller peaks <laughs> yeah i mean obviously you've got to get some experience uh doing some sort of alpine climbing you've got to you know you've got to be able to work you know with harnesses with ropes with gear uh mm. with big gloves on um <clears throat> i guess so everyone's different aren't they and everyone's probably got a different training protocol uh, you know for me some, you know, for the first Everest summit, I was doing a lot of fell running. I really got into my running at the time. And, um, you know, what I will say is it's important to take at least a couple of weeks rest before you do, do actually get out to the, to do some mm. 8,000 meter peaks, just so your body's injury free. Um, you know, and you want to put a bit of timber on cause you'll obviously lose, lose a lot of weight. Um, it's actually a year to the day that I first summited Everest, um, oh, wow. 2017. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think the second summit, 
like I didn't have that much time to train. It was, you know, it was pretty, I was pretty busy with through dark stuff leading up to, um, leading up to flying out to Nepal. Um, I've always seen like fitness, you know, fitness can be very specific, but I think, you know, that, you know, the strongest people fitness wise, you know, have that mental, mental strength. Um, so for me, it's like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing or, or when I'm doing it. Yeah. I'll, I'll train, I'll change, um, the way that I train leading up to an expedition. But for example, that's, you know, the second Everest summit, I didn't have time and I was just doing some gym stuff and some lifting. And, um, you know, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, with, with the Everest kind of stuff, I find it easier just to be mentally resilient and mentally strong than it is to like, there's obviously a, a level of physical. Um, yeah. There, there must be a minimum fitness required. <laughs> yeah. Sh- yeah, sure. Um, but I don't know. I've always been like one of those people that could just go, right. I could probably go tomorrow. Well, say probably I could definitely go tomorrow and, and, and climb it regardless of the training kind of thing. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. If that makes Wicked. sense. But I would say if you are going to do it, I definitely look at doing some longer endurance stuff less ta- less less uh, taxing similar to the kind of build-up training that i'm doing now for this endurance right. uh, event slow and long yes slow and long just get some endurance in your in your legs in your body like you know you don't need muscle up there like the more muscle you've got the more oxygen your body burns the less oxygen you've got at altitude so you know all the upper body muscle that you've got yeah i mean if you can shed that before you go that's that's quite important just wow you'll find, you know, you'll find you're using a lot less ox- oxygen up there and feel, feeling comfortable for it. Um, so, yeah, like I don't worry about having like upper body strength or anything like that. Right. Um, yeah, so there's a few like little hacks that you can do. Just And then just taking efficiency. your time. Yeah, 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 exactly that, body efficiency. And then just taking your time when you get there, just not rushing, you know, yeah. not trying to get there fast. Everything's slow, slow. Everything's chilled. Um, you shouldn't be getting to base camp absolutely knackered. You should be getting there mm. and feeling feeling good and fresh and acclimatized, you know, in the best possible position to, to be able to attack the summit. Hi, guys. I just wanted to interrupt very briefly to let you know that if you're like me and you've been doing a lot more cardio since lockdown began or you're interested in starting to do so, then I've got some really good news for you. If you head over to ospreyeurope.com before the 5th of June, you'll receive a free 500ml soft flask with any multi-sport pack that you purchase. Now it is only while stocks last, so I would suggest getting on it sooner rather than later. But with that said, I'm not gonna keep you any longer. Let's get back to the show. Let's talk about surfing a little bit. How did you get into that and how long have you been doing it? How did you learn? Are you kind of self-taught or? Yeah, so so um, I was actually I was living in Germany for a couple of years, just doing a, a, a mountain guides course, and um, one of the guys on the course was a keen kite surfer, and and I've always like I've always looked at it and just never. It was one of those things you look at, you you kind of admire, and you admire people that do it, and just never tried it. So we actually went away to France um, to look. You know, we went to like a, a surf camp to learn how to surf for a week. Wicked. And do you know what? Mm-hmm. I just I've just I'm kind of addicted to those things that I'm never good at, but you can see gradual, gradual increases yeah, yeah, yeah. as you, as yeah, you get on. It. Yeah. And, and surfing for me has just been like a massive project um, of just, just trying to get better as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And it's, I have to say like, it's, it's one of the, it is definitely the hardest 
thing that I've ever done. I, I was um, going to, I was going to say this. I, I, I think it's one of the hardest sports to get good at because the definitely. amount of, the amount of time you spend on a wave, actually on a wave in a single session is so small yeah. compared to the amount of time you're in the water. Yeah. It's like, I always, when people say to me, like a lot of people say, oh, Jay, do you mind, like, can you teach me how to surf? And I'm like, I'm like, it's more than that. It's way more than that. It's like, yeah. it takes absolute commitment. Um, and I always say to people, do you know when you go skiing for a week and you've never skied and you go on your first ski trip, like by the end of that week, you can ski, you can, you know, parallel turn, mm. you can do all that stuff. You can have fun. I was like, you might go, you're going to go surfing for a week and you might stand up once and you're not even going to yeah, ride yeah. a wave. You just, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, you then have to say, right, I have to commit to that. And it's, you know, it's like during winter, it's all those sessions that you go down and it's like, you know, one degree, two degree and the water's freezing yeah, yeah, and yeah. you've got to get your wetsuit on and paddle out and which, you know, I love the winter sessions more than the summer sessions, but you know, for someone else to try and start that, that's the commitment that you've got to do. You know, you're on your own, you try, you, you check in the surf forecast constantly. It has to be, become an obsession and then yeah. you, you, you still suck at it. Yeah. <laughs> <end> <laughs> but i don't know you get you get that you get those like certain waves that you get that you know you come off it and you're just like you you just feel it it just works yeah yeah yeah, that's the reason you do it and you keep going back to to try and chase that uh i'm not sure if it's healthy or not but i enjoy it and it (laughs) it's good for my it's good for my my sanity you know being in the water and just paddling out and just being there and it's a very therapeutic Oh, definitely. Like I, f- I feel it now, you know, if I've not surfed for a while, um, like I start getting twitchy and like I'm yeah, checking yeah. the surf report and just being <laughs> like, ah, oh, come on, come on, come I know. on. I'm begging for it to happen soon. It's, it's coming. Well, it's been trying. I, it's been trying. I think Wednesday, I think Wednesday there's, there's some small waves, two to three foot. Oh, cool. Winds are good. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go down and paddle out regardless. And nice. then the, the winds increase towards the end of the week, but there's going to be some waves definitely. So Wicked. That's that's going to be the first surf out of out of lockdown. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I it's interesting you mentioned surf camps. I I've only been on one. I I went on one last year in Portugal, and in that one week, I made so much progress, primarily in confidence, actually, more than anything. Um, yeah. um I I found it was so so valuable. So that would be my like if anyone wanted to know the best way to do it is definitely to and and it's partly it's because of what you say about like how it, it just takes so long if you go to a surf camp and all you're doing for that week is surfing every day and then resting and then surfing and then resting and then surfing that's so much better than like going for a weekend trying it for a little bit and then coming back you know yeah definitely maybe, maybe in like, like two months time trying it again for another weekend it just doesn't work like that does it yeah, definitely. I've gone, I've gone to quite a lot of surf camps now. I've got, you know, totally. a lot from them. It's yeah. Like, you know, cause you can just, you can just go on your own and just meet people or whatever, but it's, you know, it's important to be around people that are a lot better than you that can coach you, mm. um, which is pretty easy for me. Um, but now it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at getting some coaching uh, this year when, when the lockdown um, lifts up. Um, cause obviously now I'm kind of teaching myself. I'm like, I'm like watching a lot of YouTube stuff and, Mm-hmm. Like I watch like the world tour and you just try to pick up tips on how other people do it. But at some point you need someone else who's way better than you to look at you and just say yeah, like, sure. like mate, you you know, you need to move your left leg back. You're too high. You know, your position's all wrong. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, it's definitely important to get some sort of coaching, I think. And then you've got that, so you've got the indoor wave thing in Bristol. Have you been there? Yeah, no, I haven't yet. That's worth it. That's worth a trip. Yeah, yeah it, went, it looks went, amazing. I went, yeah, I went there, I think, just before lockdown. It's definitely worth a trip. You Is just it? get, yeah, you just get way more waves. Uh, yeah. And they're easy, it's easy to catch because it just breaks at the same spot. It's exactly the same do, wave. Do you know what? I did go, have you been to the one in Snowdonia? No, I've never been Surf to that Snowdonia. It's, it's good. Like I, the Bristol one looks prettier. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, despite, you know, the fact it's Bristol versus North Wales. But um, the, I, di- I did feel like it was a really good way to train, but it kind of takes the adventure out of it. Yeah, completely agree. Like I'd yeah. only ever use it for training. Yeah. Like go, with, go there with that. Like go the there to drill. You, yeah, 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 yeah. Same, like you do not get, get the same feeling coming out of the water that you do if you paddled out like down at a, a break somewhere. What's the biggest swell you've been in? Do you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, do you know what, when I'm, when I'm surfing, I, I, I like, I like to be, I like to be on like the four to six foot range. I think mm-hmm. anything higher than six foot, it's just, especially if you've got choppy <clears throat> conditions just makes it. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, I've been out there when it's like, you know, six to eight foot, um, which has been, been fine um yeah and then there was a time in portugal which was massive but again they were just like like really mellow waves that didn't really nice, have much just power. a nice soft peel yeah but like you know i'm not i'm not like an amazing surfer or anything so mm. i like to keep it like four to six foot glassy conditions mm-hmm. offshore winds just oh, yeah. just have fun you know yeah like yeah like if if i had more time to surf then yeah i'd probably go go and try and surf some bigger waves but for me at the at the moment i'm quite content on those those smaller waves do you find it tests your confidence when you are in the in the biggest well do you get yeah, particularly definitely. nervous you do yeah i used to i used to it's, it's quite it's quite daunting you know i've not got that much experience yeah, in the water um but then that's that's the other good thing about it is just just trying to remain calm and like mm. being in the water is all about that isn't it it's like you understand you, you know the more you can remain calm and just just relaxing it in the conditions yeah and i don't know the more times you expose yourself to that bigger swell and the choppier conditions um the more you just feel like more confident in there um mm. and i think as long as as long as you like that and you keep a level head and and remain safe and not do anything stupid i think you're fine i think the more you know yeah. it's important to be in those conditions just yeah I, I enjoy it you know i i um one of the things that one of the coaches on the surf camp I went to um, said, which really stuck with me, was uh, anything up to a head and a half is all in your head. And I've yeah. used that as like a, a base now so that I know, because I, like, I won't go out in a head and a half. No way would I break yeah. that. But I know now that anything up to that, and I, and I know it won't be that big. <laughs> so yeah. anything up to that, I can just like write it off and be like, well, I know it's all in my head. So just stop being a wuss get in there you know yeah that, that helps a lot having that like bar yeah definitely like as long as yeah as long as it's like a a decent beach break that's got some depth underneath it like nothing's yeah. gonna happen is yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah you just exactly. come off tumble yeah. a little bit relax <laughs> you know relax into it but I know, I know exactly what you mean it's like i don't know you just got to do like baby steps haven't you and the more the yeah. more time you can spend in the water the more confident you're gonna get have you had any like really hideous wipeouts Really yeah but ones. i think it was when i was like um when i was probably too experienced in 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 a, in a big swell in in Baritz it was 
I had like a double hold down. It was horrendous. Oh, uh, but, yeah. And it's like, like, it's probably like, you know, if I, if I got caught in it now, it probably wouldn't feel half as bad. But at the time it yeah. was just like, um, I just remember getting like, like pushed all the way down. And yeah. I remember the leash was on like a, the leash was like taut where I'd been pushed down. Yeah. And I just remember like, cut, like pull it, like uh, grabbing the leash and trying to like pull up, pull on it like a rope to get to the top. I got to the top and my board was like doing the old tombstone thing. Oh, got man. on my board and I just remember panicking. And I, yeah. I remember being at the, being at the point where, you know, you, you're doing, you're gagging, you get, you yeah, know, you yeah, start yeah. gagging. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just thinking, F-. I was just like, I was like, this, this is going to be my, like my last breath. <laughs> I was to- like totally disorientated. Managed to get on my board and I was like, <gasps> big breath. And oh, I just God. turned to the side and there was just another one just oh, like, no. <laughs> did, ex- did exactly the same. And um, I remember just being exactly the same. Like the, the leash was at a you know, full extension and I, I was, I was panicking, which is, you know, the, the, the fatal mistake. And I was just trying to like grab my leash on my ankle and pull myself back up. And I just remember I had like a, a moment where I was just in my head and I was just got, I was just going, this is it. Oh, and I, no. <laughs> I, I see it now. Cause I, you know, they say that about, about drowning, don't they? There's like a, yeah. a moment. There's apparently a moment just before you drown where you just give up. And apparently it's like a blissful moment. Yeah. And I could, could kind of see it. You, you almost had like, it. He's <laughs> like, I do not have any more oxygen in my body right now. It's just oh like, my God. I'm about to take that breath. And I just like held in, like kept pulling the rope, board was tombstoning, grabbed all yeah. of it, got on it. And I was just like, <gasps> oh, but, yeah, man. survived. And then again. What about, <laughs> yeah. What about you? Did you? Did you? Uh, I've not had any like truly terrifying ones. I, I have, there was, um, like, I've hit the sand a couple of times. And that, like, I was really, the first time that happened, it, it kind of freaked me out more afterwards, actually. Cause I, so basically it was classic, like, just went over straight over the top, wave drove me straight down. I'd never felt water like rush past me so quickly. And instantly I was like, okay, I'm a long way down. Um, and I just like relaxed as much as I could. But I had the advantage that my girlfriend had been in the day before and exactly this had happened to her. So she told me that she'd she'd gone over. It had pushed her all the way down to the sand, and she was just sat on the bottom for a little while, and then really? obviously pushed off and like came, it goes dark. Up, doesn't it was it? fine. You can tell you deep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the fact that she told me that story from the day before meant that when it happened, I was kind of I, I was more thinking, oh, okay, so this is what she was talking about. <laughs> like, yeah, this is I kind had, of weird, I, and I, I it, a- it made it a lot easier just to chill out, and then I'd like obviously because I. I I think maybe I actually came up a little quicker than normal because I was able to push off the floor. Mm. Um, so it wasn't actually that bad, but it was, it took me by surprise. That's for sure. I had, uh, I was out in California. I was on my own. I paddled out for a surf. Um, I can't remember where I was, but, um, obviously again, like not, not that experienced. There was two of us out in the water and uh, I sat on my board and I, I, before I'd gone out, I took my, you know, took my gear off and I'd left it with a family. Um, you know, some old boy and his family paddled out. I sat out there and I was like, something caught the corner of my eye and I looked left and I just saw this fin, like, I just saw this fin, like, it was like, you know, probably about, I don't know, about four meters, four meters in front of me. And then it literally, the fin went down 
I could just see the water ripple as if it was moving towards me. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I literally turned around, started Whoa. paddling for my life. Oh my yeah. God. Started paddling for my life, like caught like the whitewash of a wave, got all the way in. I was like, <gasps> and uh, got out, like walked straight up to this, this old boy and his family. And uh, he was like, how was your surf? And I was like trying to act all, you know, all hard and that. I was like, yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah it was all right. That was fine. So yeah. sharp. It was pretty sure. <laughs> He was like, do you see the dolphin? Oh, <laughs> like, oh come on. <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was like, I thought it was a shark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I d- have you ever had any seal sightings? Because like, yeah. that happens in the UK occasionally. I've had one. Have you seen them here? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, d- I had one down in Cornwall. Um that, I found that intimidating. So the idea of seeing a fin is like, Jesus. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the seals. Like we, I saw some dolphins out off the coast of like Anglesey, North Wales a couple of times. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, what else? I'll t- tell you what, what's quite, um, I surfed up in Santa Cruz up in um, California and it's got, uh, what are they? Otters. Otters just sit out in the lineup. Oh, wicked. What? They just yeah. sit with you. Amazing. Just, just bobbing up and down on the backs, cracking. They've got like the clams on the belly and they're whacking. Oh, them wow. That's so cool. I was, I was like your typical tourist, like Brit yeah, tourist, yeah, just yeah. Like, so amazed by what's going on. <laughs> Everyone I mean, else there's like, something real special about having a little like nature experience. I don't know what you'd call it, nature sighting. Um, yeah, 100%. Like when, when you're out surfing, it's a, a, yeah, like way cooler than when you're just, you know, on a walk or something. Yeah, definitely. Just as long as it's not great white. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I like the, even the seal though. I I was intimidated by that because they're so fast. That was the thing yeah, that that shocked me. Like he was just sat there looking straight at us, and it looked like he was just bobbing, like just his head above the water. Yeah. He looked quite human. Like it was quite creepy, and he was yeah. just staring at me. And then it looked at my cousin that was like a few feet away from me. Um, and then he just bob like bobbed his head under, and he was just gone. Like yeah, instantly just completely gone. My my cousin just turned around to me. His face was like jaw like dropped. He was like, "Tell me, you really? <laughs> um, yeah, so they're cool. just curious, so cool. aren't they? Curious yeah, yeah. People. They, I mean, they can be they can be pretty vicious, but I don't think to uh, things of our yeah. size usually. I'd like to, yeah. I'd, I'd hold myself well against the seal. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it's just a real like full on sport. I think. Have you, what are some of your favorite locations that you've been to? Do you know what? Like. Um, I, I, I get it. It's, I don't know. The like some of the UK breaks, I had some of the best experiences, like location wise. Yeah. You know, just you go down there and it's it's a good swell. It's glassy. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I lived in Hereford, I'd, I'd travel down to Langeneth quite a lot in uh, South Wales, and that place, like I, I love that place. You know, it's a massive beach break. Mm. Um, you know, it's like grassy hills all around and farmland. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you get that on like a really early morning or a late afternoon and it's, you know, ze- like zero winds and a clean like four to six foot swell, mm-hmm. it's like you're not beating that kind of thing. Um, nice. You know, even even down here, I enjoy it down here. Uh, it's a friendly lineup. Um, it's busy though. Yeah, you always go down, I don't know, you always go to like, like, Port- like Portugal's a nice place. I've, I've been there a few times, like down in the south near Sagres and mm. um yeah, that, that's a that's a nice place. I'd like to have a, you know something permanent down there so you can get up, get away down down there oh, for yeah. the weekend. That'd be nice. Um, I tell you, like I did Brazil, like Brazil was 
like like really really friendly um, oh cool just again it's like you've got all the hills like you look back into the onto the land and you've got like all the hills and amazing uh, like the, the water's like crystal and blue and you're in board shorts it's nice and warm Wicked. Um, yeah, I, I like traveling and surfing. It's, 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 you know, you see some nice, you see some, you see the best parts of some of the best places. Yeah, exactly. I'd, like it's surfing with a view. There's nothing quite yeah, like definitely. it. Um, have you done any really cold locations on the note of uh, cold exposure? Do you know what? I've not. Like I, I, I took a board to Norway, but didn't surf in the end because it was too windy. Oh, sure. Um, no, like I, I'd love to, I'd love to, but I think the, the time that I get off, I'd rather go and sit in Portugal midsummer or France. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> just live live in board shorts than um, than like go up to Norway. I'd like to do Northern Scotland. I think um, mm-hmm. you know, like the Out Outer Hebrides or Thurso oh, yeah. or something like that. Like um, I follow a um, a photographer from Thur- Thurso, Thurso, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, and that the wave up there just like it's like a big, you know big like six to eight foot barrel wave it looks looks sick you know <laughs> really nice waves have you, have you had any real good barrels nah never i don't surf, I don't that's, surf the dream. Enough, that's the dream man. Yeah. i've not come yeah. close <laughs> nah. i just don't get i just don't get enough time in the water like yeah exactly it's that consistency it's just it's so hard to exactly keep it up exactly. if you don't if you don't live on the beach and it's like which i mean we know, do but we don't live on a beach that regularly has surf so yeah but it's it is one of it is one of those things. It's like you know, if you lived in a, you know, a surf spot that was really good, like a world class surf spot, you'd be out in it all the time. But um, you know, the British British surf down here is quite fickle, isn't it? And yeah, good days only come around once in a while. So yeah, exactly. Have you seen um, Chris Burkhard's film Under an Arctic Sky? Yeah, I have, mate. Yeah, it's well yeah. good, isn't it? That, it's awesome. Isn't it? I watched that and I was like, I need to go to these places. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> Just definitely. Mega. Um, yeah, but freezing I, cold, I will but... say little criticism on that film why didn't they show the photo at the end because you know Which, it was all the, about the like, northern lights one yeah it was all about building up to getting the shot of like him taking the photo yeah of them surfing under the northern lights and then they didn't show the photo at the end I oh, didn't they i can't do you know what? i watched the film quite a few years ago i can't remember the actual they showed the like, like his, his I mean, like, unless maybe they showed course. it after the credits or something yeah it's amazing yeah it's amazing. Like his, his, all of his work his, his is instagram yeah serious yeah. like it's crazy he gets to some locations and takes some of those surfing pictures yeah man it's unbelievable it's awesome i love it um also have you i was gonna ask if you've seen bethany hamilton's film yes yeah, yeah. crazy yeah. man legend so watching her paddle into jaws with one arm <laughs> I mean, are you I, kidding me yeah, like when she won that when when she won the Fiji Pro. Did yeah. you see that? She got gold. Like it's just unbelievable. Phenomenal. Seriously. Like I did I didn't even know like obviously in the movie it shows her with the, the handle. Yeah. I didn't even know she had a handle, but No, I didn't. <laughs> like to duck dive. Genius. Like to, to be able to like still compete at a world class level. Yeah. You know, you know, it you know, with yeah. people who essentially have two arms. Yeah. Like it's phenomenal. It's unreal. I didn't it's, actually it, know. It's like very. I didn't actually know a full story though. No, I didn't it's know much about it. Film, isn't really. it? Yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing just like blew my mind. Quite a cheesy film, but worth watching. Yeah, it's American. It's American. Yeah, exactly. Time, <laughs> it's full of cheesy American stuff. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the things that just talking about like the confidence in the water. So something I mentioned to Aldo when he was on was that I had this like eureka moment 
where uh, I instead of like being afraid of going under a, wa- a, a bigger wave that had just crashed in front of me, um, I looked at my mate and we laughed at each other and just kind of found it funny uh, that it was going to suck for both of us for a bit. Um, and that that was like this eureka moment because it was so freeing to be able to laugh in the face of something that is absolutely terrifying you. And I did, yeah, I, did, I, don't, I don't really have a point here. I, do, I was just sharing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, it's so valuable for, for teaching you to handle with those stress, yeah. handle that, that stress response. Yeah, we do exactly the same thing when we go like, um, um, it, it's funny, like I think a lot of people deal with stress by laughing. Yeah. Um, do you know when people are, are exposed to like stuff that they're scared of, they'll just naturally laugh. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, something that we do like when I was in the special forces and, you know, if you know you're going on a target that's except that's like that's more dangerous than the the targets that you've been going on, it's like you just find lads are just having a laugh about it and just you know, like humor yeah. just kills all kind of negative thought, I guess. Um, but now I've I've done the same. Like if you know, if you get caught on the inside of a big set and you can just turn around and laugh, and yeah, it, you know, like I always think I always think with surfing, it's like I beat myself up over it a lot. Like I'll go out and, and, and surf a really Do bad you, session and yeah, you go out with expectations it. and then you get really angry when you don't need them. Exactly. Yeah, and it's I like, I sometimes have to just remind myself that even if I'm getting beat up and on the inside and I'm struggling to paddle out, like just have fun, just enjoy yeah, it, yeah. enjoy it for yeah. what it is. Just enjoy the experience. You're oh, getting yeah. better at whatever you're doing, even if it's getting beat up on the inside. Yeah. That's, I, that's something I really try and focus on remembering. Like even if you've had a bad session, sometimes you have to have the bad session in order to then have the next good session you know yeah, like definitely. If, if every session went brilliantly then they'd all be the same wouldn't they yeah so and you, you have to like take bad, those as you, wins as well you learn stuff in those bad sessions don't you like yeah you know if if i hadn't got beaten up on the inside so much you wouldn't realize that if you just relax and let a few waves go and then wait mm. for your spot to paddle out you'd never get to there would you if you just went out and it was glassy all the time yeah I'd rather it just be glassy all the time, though. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's interesting. It's a, it, I think it's a really unique sport for its ability to um, just to make. It's, defi- it's definitely the and, hardest and, hardest sport in the world. Yeah, I've and, not and done to, anything that's like harder. it. Really uh, encourages patience. That's for sure. <laughs> definitely, like you just it take. You know, I've been surfing now. I've been surfing seven years, and I don't surf like constantly because obviously work and all mm. that kind of stuff. So. But like even over seven years, I like, you know, you you get better obviously, but like you're not to you're not at the standard that you want to be at. Mm. Um, whereas if I if I'd have skied for seven years or played tennis for seven years or, or whatever it is, you know, you, you'd be at a, a, a much higher level than what you are just surfing. Yeah, but that's what makes it so addictive. Um, let's wrap this up by talking about some of your lockdown recommends obviously we're hopefully fingers crossed we're coming towards the end of lockdown in the uk um but nonetheless we're looking for a film a book and uh sorry a film a song and something else that you can recommend which could be a book or an app all right so the film is the other guys i think i've watched that oh yes more than any other film right now during lockdown nice uh just good, simple humor. Um, what was the other one? The other one was a song. song. 
or music. Doesn't have to be a specific song. Could just be an artist. All right. The song that I've been playing the most is um, Angie Stone. I'm trying to remember the name of the song. Um, it's like I wish something or other. Angie Stone. Yeah. Let me just get. I wish I didn't miss you by Angie Stone. That'll put a smile on my face any day. I'm gonna look for it right now. Give it a listen. Oh yeah. You listening to it? Oh yes. Tune. Soul. Put a smile on your face any day. That's a great recommend. Alright, cool. And then your other I'd just say that I'd just say the cold water bin. Easily. Cold water bin. Yeah. That's been my sanity. Awesome. Get in a bin. Well, there you have it. Huge thanks to Jay for coming on. Don't forget, you can take part in the live Q&A with Jay on Thursday, the 28th of May on the Osprey Europe Instagram account. I've been your host, Marcus Brown. And with that, I'm off to fill up my bin. See you next time.